0: welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a life coach, certified ultra running coach, and high altitude mountaineer. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like an athlete so you can reach that summit, hike that hike, or finish that trail race. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, endurance training will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Hey friends, how you doing? I am good. It's it's two days after Christmas as I'm recording this, which feels really good. I've survived another holiday season. All that's left is New Year's, which is actually one of my favorites. And I was off my day job yester- yesterday since Christmas was on a Sunday this year. And those of you who know me know I coach halftime and then I work halftime in a healthcare job. And I'm really proud of myself because normally I use these days off from my healthcare job to work on my coaching. Business and I I do things like writing emails, recording podcasts, trying to get quote unquote ahead, which never seems to happen. And that's been especially true since I've been sick with long COVID. Since I can't exercise, I might as well work. That's what my brain tells me. And this results in me like never ever getting a day off which I think was kind of the point because when I'm working that much, I don't have to think about being sick. I don't have to feel all the feelings and uncertainties, but it also results in me underliving, if that's a word, and never having much fun. And also, I never rest, which is what we're going to talk about today. Because honestly, when I do rest, When I'm not in constant motion, that's when I really have to feel all the things that are off in my body, and I also have to feel all the emotions that Go along with that. And the thing is, I'm a life coach. I'm here to help you really enjoy your life. And that also means I need to go first. So I was really proud of myself. Yesterday, instead of working, I took a little day trip to the hot springs in Idaho Springs. And I noticed as I was getting ready, my brain was really resisting this. It was throwing me all the negative thoughts. And it was telling me that I had no business basically paying money to go sit in a pool and relax and it told me I should be doing something that makes money or moves me closer to my 2023 goals or helps people or even cleans the the damn house. And when my brain gets like this, when it won't let me rest, I try to have real compassion for it because as a people, as a society, we've been programmed to work hard every minute. And we know a lot of things that aren't really true. Things like people who rest are lazy, people who work more make more money, resting is selfish. When we rest, we get less done, and so on. And if you think about it, it benefits the power structure, it benefits the patriarchy if we feel bad about resting. So of course, we model these really fucked up beliefs about rest for our kids because they were modeled for us. And it's not our fault. It really is. Almost like the air we breathe, we can't escape it. But what happens is that very few humans ever question these beliefs But you are going to be different. Starting right now, we are going to question it all right here on the podcast. So, how do we question ingrained things that are programmed into into our heads that we think we know as absolute truth, but they might be wrong? In fact, they, they they are definitely wrong. And the short answer is that we practice thinking different things on purpose. And the long answer is that we need to find new thoughts that feel true kind of deep down in our soul. So to help you start down that road, I'm going to give you two of my favorite thoughts about resting right now. So number one, you don't always have to be growing. Growing. I put a post about this on Instagram a couple weeks ago. It got rave reviews. I'll drop a link in the show notes. And I think that that is because social media sends the opposite message. And I think sometimes even the life coaching industry sends the wrong message. And the message is that the world is full of amazing things to do and experience. And what's more, the world is full of products and processes and coaching and services that will help us do all these amazing things. There's just not a lot of permission out there on the socials to be unimpressive, to be at rest, to be simply being, to be the most unimpressive version of yourself. And believing that we have to be growing, doing, striving all the time, it really hurts us. I think a good analogy that we can use as endurance sports people is it's kind of like training to be peaked out every minute of your life. So for example, you live and train as if you were about to climb Mount Rainier tomorrow or run a 100-mile ultra-race tomorrow or backpack a huge trail with a ton of vert tomorrow you would be miserable living that way, right? And the truth is you couldn't hold that peak if you wanted to. A peak is a peak because it's unnatural and it's meant to be temporary. And at some point, if you tried to be peaked all the time, you'd break. You'd fall apart mentally and physically. You just couldn't hold it forever, even if you wanted to. Another question to ask yourself If I'm always growing, always busy creating this amazing life, when am I actually going to live this life? Isn't the whole point of growth to enjoy life more, or at least on a different level? So my point is, you don't have to be growing every minute. You don't have to be striving. You don't always have to be doing. A lot of the time, you should be just being, enjoying and appreciating it all. I hereby give you permission to just be 50% of the time or more if this is something that you struggle with. So that's the first belief. Second one I really love. When it comes to my goals, resting gets me there faster. That might sound weird, but let's think about it. Take the endurance training example of getting ready for a 50K. As athletes, we sometimes assume that rest makes us weaker and exercise makes us stronger. That's, again, a cultural concept that's been pounded into our heads from birth. But actually, the opposite is true. If you look at exercise science, it's actually exercise that makes you weaker. After a workout, you are less fit than when you started. If you were to take a test of your fitness right after a workout, it would be below baseline. You would run slower, lift less reps, whatever tests we gave you because you're weaker. So why the hell do we exercise? It's because as we rest afterward, we get stronger. And here's the magic. If we rest long enough, we get back up to baseline fitness, the fitness level we had before the workout, And if we hold on and rest even just a little longer, we actually go above baseline and we become stronger than before. So that's called supercompensation. And it's only when we're in this supercompensated state that we should think about doing another workout and going through the whole cycle again. Depending on how hard the workout was, it might take us hours to supercompensate or it could take a few days. It could take a week. And over time, it's this process of working out, resting, and super compensating that raises our fitness level so that we can do these extraordinary things that didn't seem possible before. And trainer tip, if your fitness isn't improving, most people decide they're not working hard enough and they add workouts, they make the workouts harder. This is sometimes the right move if you're a brand new athlete who's still kind of feeling into what you can do. But honestly, I'd say a more common problem, especially for experienced athletes is not resting enough. They're not resting long enough to get that super compensation effect after the workout. So they go into the next workout weakened and depleted. And over time, that means they either plateau or worst case scenario, they spiral down into overtraining and maybe it gets so bad they have to stop completely for a few weeks or months. This has actually happened to me. I've been off training for a few months due to long COVID. And the other day I was trying to remember the last time I was off this long. And I do remember, and it was 100% an overtraining situation where my body and mind just both fell apart. I caught a virus, and then I got shingles, and then I just felt weak and terrible for months. That's actually on the pretty extreme end of overtraining. It's it's certainly not always that way. Not everyone needs to take months off to recover from it, but in this case, I did. So all that to say, (laughs) that's the supercompensation effect. And I really think it's such a magical concept. It's, it's like the secret to everything in training. And here's something else I've started to realize about supercompensation. It's also the secret to everything in life. It doesn't just work this way in exercise. It works this way in all areas of your life. So I'm gonna give you a couple examples. So for example, maybe think about a special relationship you have. It can be a partner, a friend, a kid, parent, anyone who comes to mind. And we humans like to see ourselves as these selfless, givers, especially if we've been socialized as women, we're very good at putting the needs of others first. But the truth is, it's really hard to show up for others in a consistent way when we're depleted. So if you think of your energy as a cup of water, and when you give to others, you're pouring from your cup into theirs. If you never rest, you're always going to be giving, 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 as a lot of us like to do, and your cup is eventually going to run dry. One day, you're going to go to pour energy from your cup into your loved one's cup, and nothing is going to come out. And in order to be a more generous, giving, loving person over the long term... You have to learn to give to yourself first. You have to rest long enough to refill your cup. Not just a few drops, but the whole cup. And ideally, you have to rest long enough to supercompensate. Your cup has to get so full that it's overflowing. And then you're actually going to seek that person out and be like, hey, hey, I I have this to share with you because your own cup can't hold it. If your energy was overflowing on a regular basis, how awesome would that be for your relationship? Just take a moment to feel into that. And I promise you, you cannot have that unless there is rest. So another way I see this show up all the time is in jobs and business. And for me, I have both. So it shows up in both. And what happens is our brain tells us that things that make money are very important and that they always have to come before rest that in fact, we have to earn our rest by completing tasks or making money. So for me, this looks like making a to-do list and then whipping myself to finish it all. Even if it's 10 at night, even if I haven't eaten, I haven't taken a moment all day to be present and feel my feelings. And as a result, my mind is a total disaster zone. When I work that way, I don't get much done, which just makes me more upset with myself in the moment. And I've also gone through phases of burnout when I'm stuck so deep in the stress rut, it's painful to work at all. But... Even when I'm not burned out, there's a huge difference in the quality of my work output when I'm frazzled versus after I've rested. And I especially notice this when I'm leading breathwork sessions. Those of you who join me in my meetup may notice that sometimes I come in with a very calm, grounded energy that you can feel, and it's like this big warm hug for you, even though we're all on Zoom. And sometimes when I'm not taking care of myself, I come in with this nervous, scattered, distracted energy that you can also feel. And by the way, I'm really trying to work on this. So be sure to message me if you're getting any weird vibes from me during those sessions. And it's the same in my day job, which involves a lot of writing when I'm not resting and taking care of myself. My perfectionist brain tends to take over, so I spend too long researching, and then I struggle to make every word of that first draft perfect, and beat myself up when it's not, even though it literally can't be, because it's a first draft, right? And really, it should feel free. My only job on this first draft should be to create words. Another way I like to think of it is mining clay that I'm later going to shape into this beautiful bowl or statue. But first, I have to get the clay, right? First, I have to write the first draft. And on days when I'm really feeling unrested and my mind is not managed, maybe there is enough clay to build a 50-foot monument, but I'm so focused on molding this tiny little scrap of clay that I can grab with my hand because I just don't have the energy to manage my mind and allow all the uncomfortable feelings that come with creating. And by the way, it's not like I'm writing a novel at work or something terribly personal. Some days, this is me writing a sales sheet for a service our doctors offer. But I still think I'm a terrible person when it's not perfect right out of the gate. So how does me rusted and rested to the point where my brain is super compensated, write differently? Well, first, there's so much freedom and sufficiency in the process, and I really let myself explore all the ideas that come to me, even if they seem a little weird. And often, that's how I end up creating something better than average, something that's doing more than repeating all the same old tired talking points, something that's more compelling to the reader. I also let myself be super messy with it first draft. I don't even use like capitalization or punctuation or write in real sentences. I just let the ideas flow. And when I'm rested and even super compensated in my brain, I don't worry about being perfect or even making sense. Because when I'm in that state, I really trust myself to do an amazing editing job, to pull together all the ideas in a way that makes sense, and then put a nice gloss on them so they're fun to read. And when I'm truly super compensated. I'm even thinking thoughts like what would make this fun to read? What would surprise the reader? What would make this the best sales sheet they've ever read? And it's not necessarily a surprise like someone j- jumping naked out of a cake. This is a sales sheet after all. It just might be something really mind-blowing about the product that they've they're so glad to know. And that was how I used to get hired to write sales sheets for $100 an hour back when I was freelancing on the regular. And it wasn't because I worked hard. It was because I rested hard to the point where my mind was super compensated and I was able to create things that were really fresh and really valuable. So if you're looking for someone who really lives this well, I recommend the following. Feminist Time Coach on Instagram, at Feminist Time Coach. I think her real name is Vicky Louise. And she also has a podcast called 15-Hour Work Week that's pretty good, especially if you're an entrepreneur who just feels like you're working all the time. And what I love about her is how seriously she takes her rest how she's not afraid to be flaky or inconvenience people when it comes to taking care of herself. And my favorite story was about when she had a new baby and also a house full of company at the holidays. And one day she just told her husband to take everyone out, including the baby, And her husband was really mad because he had to change all his plans. And when people in our our Facebook community asked her after she told the story, they were like, well, didn't you feel bad? And she was like, no. I know in the long run that me being rested and filling my cup is the best thing for my relationship. It's the best thing for my baby. And as a people pleaser, this was super powerful for me to hear. And another thing I love about her, and this is coming from her who is a very successful entrepreneur, she says that resting is her business plan. And I would propose that they be all of our business plan, all of our training plan, all of our parenting plan, all the plans. So the last thought I'll leave you with, social media is full of these extremes of doing. We see people doing extreme workouts, extreme runs and hikes and climbs, extreme travel, extreme Christmas decorating, extreme cookie making, extreme meal prepping, and I propose that we normalize extreme resting, that we all make posts of us doing things that quiet our minds and renew our bodies, and that we cheer each other on for resting more, being more, and doing less. You can label all these posts, hashtag Extreme Resting, and let's start a new movement. Okay, friends, I'm going to wrap it up right here. Looking forward to seeing all your Extreme Resting posts, and I'll catch you right back here next Wednesday. Until then, go get it.